Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. Coming here from 1450, the Sports Buzz. Football's back, and we have plenty to talk about on today's show. It It's Tuesday. It's not Monday. I've gotten that wrong several times today with the holiday being yesterday. Uh, but... This reminded me yesterday and also today uh, that the the first radio show after a weekend, again, generally Mondays, but today being Tuesday after the holiday, uh, Mondays are no fun. But when you have that much football, sports, everything to talk about, it makes it, when you're in the radio business, one of the shows you, you look forward to the most. Uh, I'd say during football season or basketball season, Mondays and Friday shows are generally uh, the ones that I look forward to. The most. So that means today, and I'm excited. Uh, lots to talk about. Kentucky beats Louisiana Lafayette, and we'll spend a lot of time talking about that. Uh, we'll, we'll spend the first half of the show talking about that. Louisville loses to Auburn. Also talk about that. Uh, Got to talk about Louisville on the show. And then John Calipari met with the media today to talk about uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. There's some cool stuff from that. And then we'll just look at a recap of college football um, from a, across the country Trevor went uh, four and one in my PT picks of the week from Friday. We'll, we'll talk more about that on Friday, kind of reviewing last week. A uh, big bag Dave went one and four. You liked my picks better, so that's a win for you too. Four and one, I'll take it to start the year. Who was your only loss? Oh man, and this was the one that I loaded up on the most. They all Penn, Penn, Penn State. Oh my god! Uh, I'll just say this: I lost fifty on them too on Saturday. I bet I bet them uh, in, a, in a game by themselves and lost some money on that one too. Yeah, I, I think I blacked that out of my brain after as soon as that game ended. Like the uh, the time you when you're a kid and you stay you have to stay in your weird uncle's room. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, in Penn State. They said today that they literally buried the game tapes from that game. I, that if you would have asked me the one I felt best about, it probably would have been the Penn State game. Or the Notre Dame game, I just couldn't believe that. And then even the day before, I, I just I, I couldn't believe that the spread was still at seven. You had a money line on it, so I even just put a few dollars on the money line just in case something crazy happened. And nothing crazy happened. Penn State's just not a very good football team, and no. Temple is a lot better. I, I, which is it though? Is it Temple's better than we thought, or is it just Penn State's nowhere near as good as we thought? Let's. Uh, when you get beat the way they did, no. I almost want to lean towards Penn State, just not clearly not as good as we thought. Yeah, I. Uh, Penn State's not as good, clearly, and Temple's probably a little bit better. But how good realistically can Temple be? <laughs> so really, it's Penn State's just not a good football team. Maybe we should make fun of Andy of, for losing to them last year in the season opener, like we did. Some of the shine from James Franklin is coming off. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's not good for when you have a bald head. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that was the only miss that I had. Otherwise, it would have been a very, very, very nice little well, weekend. I also got a, a little dispute with 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 Dave's. He he was kind of more. Was it one three and one? Didn't the uh, Louisville Auburn game push on the over under at fifty five? What was? Did he get it at fifty five or was he? I thought he said at fifty five. Well, wasn't that the combined score? I, I'm trying to remember. You know me with math. Uh, uh, yeah, fifty-five was the combined score. I believe that was the over/under. I, I don't. Well, that would be a push. I don't yeah. know what the 
I don't know what he got it at though. Was it fifty five? I wrote almost, it down, but that paper is long gone. Almost, that's what. That's good to know. I, I, that makes me think that we should really trust you on your. You're telling me if you're four and one or not. Uh, no, I, I, can, I can name you my picks. I can't name Big Bag's picks. Um, I, yeah, and I do. I do remember Texas your. Yeah, which I agreed with and won money on. Notre Dame. I didn't touch, but I agree. I know you did. And then who was my? Who was my well? Goal? You had lost, one. You had one that I lost money on. Georgia Southern. I, I ate crow on that one. Oh, the the what's one? The West Virginia. Yeah, where I told you take Georgia Southern yeah. plus seventeen, and uh, I did take Georgia Southern plus seventeen. They got to be forty four to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. In my defense, uh, I didn't realize they, their starting quarterback was out for the game. So I, you know, I'm sorry I don't follow Georgia Southern that thoroughly. Why so. can't I think of this? I, I had Texas A&M, um, I had West Virginia, Tennessee, well, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. It's Tennessee, Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I was sitting pretty. Penn State was the only one that that snuck up on me. Didn't feel confident about UKs or U of L, but I would have gotten both those wrong had I had I wagered on them. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I did I'm not do sure that. I'm pretty sure it was 55, though. So I think we need to give him a, a one, three, and one. I think he gets a tie on the push. Why? Well, why? I'm, I, and the only reason I'm defending him is because I made fun of his appearances during during that show Friday. So I figured I'd, I'll throw him a bone. Well, if uh, he was the one that told me that he went one and four and he was embarrassed, but if it was a, a push, then we'll have to give him that 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 one. Uh, but a terrible start from him, pretty embarrassing. Makes me happy. Speak, I'm speaking of giving somebody something, I, I admitted to eat crow for Georgia Southern, but are you going to throw me a little respect for telling you that not to overlook well, Louisiana Lafayette like well, I told you to? We're going to talk about that. Right. But but most of what I'll give you most credit for is the worst case scenario that <laughs> happened. I mean, that really was – it wasn't, the, I guess, technically the worst-case scenario because Kentucky could have very easily lost that game, especially with how much momentum Louisiana Lafayette had. But in terms of kind of having a lot of momentum and having a lot of pride in your football team and thinking this year is going to be different, after that game, I, I can't imagine Kentucky fans are feeling as confident about the remainder of the season as they were this time last week. Good thing and, you got that sellout week one. And well, there's Florida will still be a sellout. And Quite possibly, it, it will be. Auburn will still be a sellout on a Thursday night. A Louisville game at the end of the year that will still be a sellout. There's going to be sellouts, and, and I'm not ready to say Kentucky's not. They still can't win seven games. If I could change my prediction, I'd probably go down to six. Uh, but it's it, it, it it's crazy because the first half you were thinking, all right, this Trevor, I look smart. Yeah, I look and, dumb. Uh, I agree. Then, you know, even at the end of the third quarter, you were thinking, okay, Louisiana Lafayette had a pretty good quarter, but uh, things are, you know, Kentucky's still blowing them out. They were up by how much at that point? It was 33 to 10 or 33 to 13 or whatever it was. Uh, they were, they were, they still had a, a three possession lead. I'll tell you this, TJ. I turned the game off and started playing some Madden at 33 to 10 in the third quarter, thinking this game's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and, uh, and a lot you you look at the the camera uh, of Commonwealth Stadium during that time. A ton of UK fans left. They left because, uh, well, you know, one they pr- they don't sell beer at UK games, so you know you can't drink. Two, yeah, you're killing them. At the end of the third quarter, it was thirty three to seventeen, which isn't you know when you're up by sixteen going in, the, in in one quarter. I wouldn't say the game is put away by any means. But you would still feel good about that. 16 points, that at that point, Kentucky's just uh, missing out on covering the spread, and, and, and Kentucky had really dominated the length of that game, minus 
a, a nice drive from Louisiana Lafayette in the third quarter. I thought I'd uh, predicted the score correctly. I said 34-17. I was, I was happy. I was like, all right, they're going to win. They're going to hold my score. I'm going to look like a genius a little bit. And I wasn't, you know, I had predicted 45-17. Yeah. And I was, I was just, um, what, 12 points, 13 points off from two Kentucky touchdowns from, from that being possible. But then the fourth quarter, man, and watching it live, you, I knew I was going to have to go back and rewatch it because it just seemed like everything that could go wrong did go wrong for Kentucky. And here you are, here you are at the end of this, at the end of the game, Kentucky's able to hold on. And there are some positives you can take away. If you want to be optimistic, there are some positives you can take away from Kentucky being able to find a way to win coming down and, and having a nice drive to, to put the game out of reach. And then even Louisiana Lafayette having a minute left, uh, Kentucky's defense came up big. It was the first time they came up big for a while after taking the entire fourth quarter off. But you can take away some positives. But for the most part, that was a bad performance from Kentucky football. And first half, like I said, looked great. Patrick Tolls looked fine. First half? How about first play? <clears throat> well, first play, yeah. You, you, that's that's the way you want to open up a new stadium or a new renovated stadium, Trevor. Yeah. I would, that was the complete opposite of the way Louisville's game opened. But, of course, we'll talk about that later on. Yeah, that's uh, – and we will. Oh, man. Um, I'm just so happy college football's back, even if – even if it, it wasn't uh, maybe ideal Saturdays for either Kentucky or Louisville. But first play, just an electric atmosphere. Uh, the vibe around the stadium, what I was told, was just unbelievable. And they go and have Stanley Boom Williams, who I predicted to be the MVP, and I, I think everybody's got to admit that he was the MVP, 135 yards on the ground and that one touchdown. Now, I guess after that, if you take away that 75-yard run, Trevor, it's a pretty – Okay, game. not nine carries for sixty yards. That's respectable. Yeah, I have no problem with that. That's, that's still respectable. Uh, but my uh, problem was the fact that we had ten carries the in the whole game. Yeah, and that again, was... I do, I do think Kentucky at halftime, and then even even late in the third quarter when Louisiana Lafayette started to get a little momentum, I really do think they took their foot off the gas, and they they started to kind of be content with giving other guys carries. They didn't really even try to run Patrick Tolls all that much until the fourth quarter. It didn't work out well for him regardless okay. when they tried to run him. But that is part of Patrick Tolles' game is being able to run, and they seemed like they, they they didn't want to show South Carolina too much. And then before you know it, Louisiana Lafayette uh, was right back in the game, and it didn't seem like Kentucky was able to really turn it back on until that final series and a, a hell of a run from Miguel Horton just – completely running over a dude so there is a lot to a lot to worry about here's some of the good things that I saw that that I like from the game is one I think UK's offensive line did a really good job um, they they weren't able to open up the, the the same holes in stretches of the game and I'm specifically talking about late third quarter and throughout some of the fourth quarter in the running game but their pass protection uh, was fantastic for, for the majority of that game. They did give up three sacks. I'm not necessarily blaming all those sacks on the offensive line. For the most part, Patrick Tolles had all day, uh, and he was just unable to, to hit guys. And that, that, was, that was one of the negatives, but I'll get to that. Another positive, I think UK's rushing attack, um, for the most part, will be fine. Stanley Williams, like I said, looked great. Uh, JoJo Kemp only got three carries, but did a pretty good job on him. Another interesting thing was late in the game, 
when UK needed yards, they they gave it. That was when JoJo Kemp got he got at least two carries on that drive, two of his three there. And then Miguel Horton is a a back that's got a great body. Whoever's going to be getting the carries for UK, and it looks like it's going to be a by committee sort of deal with maybe Stanley Boom Williams leading the charge. Kentucky's going to be able to rush the ball, so that was another positive. Again, I know Louisiana Lafayette's front line isn't all that great, this and that. Uh, but Kentucky, I, I think that's going to be the strength of this team is running the football. Um, another, and, and this is kind of crazy, and I don't know if um, you know a, a lot of people will agree with this, but I didn't think UK's. And, and you look at how much, how many rushing yards um, Louisiana Lafayette got. They got 247 on the ground. But when push came to shove, I thought UK's defensive line did a good job clogging up running holes late in the game not and you know you had you had a few yard long runs by Louisiana Lafayette to be able to to go in charge but a lot of that I'm going to blame on the linebackers I think UK's biggest defensive struggles and the defense is going to look different when you get everybody back and everybody healthy but I thought for the most part the defensive line and, and you have to go back and watch it again they did a good job of uh, of taking up space and doing what they needed to do and then just relied on the linebackers to be in their right spot, and you wouldn't have had so many big breakaway runs. But the linebackers weren't there. The secondary missed tackles. And and I'm not really going to blame this on the offense, Trevor. You score 40 points, you should expect to win a game whether you're playing Louisiana Lafayette or you're playing South Carolina. 40 points is pretty good. If you're going to average 40 points on the year, you're going to win a lot of games. I agree. Giving up, Especially when you're giving playing up, a mid-major. Exactly. Giving up 33 points is not okay. That And especially with 26 coming in the second half. Yeah. That's not okay. That was the issue. And again, I don't think it was so much the defensive line. Now, they weren't perfect. But if you go back and watch, they're doing, they're pulling their stunts and they're doing what they need to do. Just the linebackers were nowhere to be found. And Josh Forrest ended up having a good game, had good stats. But even he wasn't perfect. Now, he did an okay job stopping the run. He was bad in in um, pass coverage. A lot of those linebackers look like they've never had to cover a receiver or a running back or a tight end in their lives. Luckily the for them, Lafayette's not any good at, the pass, at, at receiver and tight end, though. So, And, and, and the secondary, they did some okay things. Uh, not not all that great. So they were able to get two interceptions. One was Forrest on that last play of the game. But the secondary didn't look like much of an improvement from last year, but maybe it's too early to tell. Now, now and, I do have a question for you, not on the defensive side, but on the offensive side. Because here's the thing. I fully admit, I watched the first half, was in, had no problems watching Kentucky dominate. And at halftime, as the early third quarter, it was 33-10. to 10. I thought, you know what, I, I – I'm still a little upset about the Louisville loss. I just want to beat the crap out of somebody on Madden and get it out of my system. You know that's how you that's how you you know get rid of your stress and 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 kids are today how we do it. So I turned the game off and when I and I didn't and luckily and I had to thank Yates for this. He sends he sends me a text says Kentucky is seriously melting down. I thought what the hell is he talking about? What are they? I'd be up sixty to ten by now. When they were moving the ball and I turned it on. I turned it on to see the last drive. That's where I turned it on to see. Kentucky make that drive to take the go-ahead touchdown in the last possession where they stopped Louisiana Lafayette in the game. 
But from what I understand, did, did tolls look as bad as I'm hearing in the second half that I didn't see? I mean, in the, the brief time that I'm playing one game of Madden that I miss, uh, you know, maybe a full quarter roughly of game action, did he looked that poor in the second half? Yeah, he, he looked pretty bad in the second half. Okay, because he didn't look that no, bad in the first half. I mean, No, I, he did not. No, he, he didn't. And, and this new offense is going to be fun for Kentucky because they took a ton of shots deep. I mean, they, they they really did, and and Patrick Tolles looked comfortable throwing deep. The wide receivers are really improved too. That was another positive that I meant to get to when I'm when I'm looking down on my list right now. Is you is he's got weapons at wide receiver? Uh, you know, you had Garrett Johnson making a lot of nice plays. Dorian Baker, Blake Bone with a, a touchdown reception, and it's clear that they're going to use his height in the red zone. And you still had Bedette and Timmons and. Uh, they're going to have options. Wide receiver won't be the issue. It's it's can Patrick Tolls be more consistent? That's going to be the question when it comes to offense. And they're going to take they're going to take shots deep. And obviously, when you're passing thirty yards, it's harder to complete those than when you're passing five, like Patrick Tolls was in, in in Neil Brown's offense. So he's got to get better on some of those. And he did look good in the first half. So that's why I don't really understand what changed or what hit him. Maybe it was. They did take the their foot off the brake. They they got complacent. They got comfortable, and he he didn't really. There wasn't a sense of urgency to to be your best quarterback self. I don't think that's the case, but uh, maybe it is. Maybe it was the new stadium jitters. He he tried to really impress. He wanted to bury Louisiana Lafayette. It got to his head, so he started to to miss on some throws. That that could have also been it, or maybe he was just off, and maybe the pressure of Louisiana Lafayette coming back got to him and he just couldn't recover and he he was just overthrowing his receivers Trevor uh he threw an interception maybe that got in his head as well I don't know but he was not the same quarterback in the second half and it's very clear if he's that quarterback Kentucky's not going to win as many games as a lot of people predicted and that, and that takes I'm me not- to my, my, my really my first complaint about this game and I, this is something I talked to we talked about when we previewed this team TJ was Stanley Williams has 10 carries, 130. Nice game, but only 10 carries. And that's something, remember, you know I've complained about going into the season. I want to see out of Kentucky is I want to see them have a back that could get 15 to 20 carries. Now, maybe not every game carry the ball 20 times, but on average, and then when you're in 10, and getting 10 in the first game is clearly keeping you below that average and on that way. But when I look at the stat line, I mean, Tolstow's 34 pass attempts and Rain was, was included for six of the runs. So that means Patrick Tolstow is responsible for 40 of their 60 plays in terms of twenty, only 20 carries amongst running backs, and then you take his six carries and you add it to the 34 pass attempts, that's 40, 40 plays. That's not the ratio I want to see. I mean, that, that's – and when you're up by 23 points middle of the third quarter, you don't need to be throwing the ball. You need to be running the ball. You need eating clock. And when your running back is getting even on one of his carries at 75 yards of his 135 yards, he's still carrying, you know, 60 yards. That's what, you know, seven, five, six yards a carry. You know, you need he needs to be carrying the ball 15, 20 times, and if he can't take it, you know, physically, then give JoJo Kemp more than three carries. Give give Mikael Horton, you know, a few more carries. I'd rather see him go to Stanley Williams, but that's what bothers me, and that's that's one reason that why you can give up a lead, even twenty three points in the third quarter, when you're going to keep throwing the ball. And that's I, I look at Stoops and the coaching staff as a bad call on that one. Well, and you're right. Also, it wasn't so much throwing it when you had the lead. It was okay. Let's make let's make the simple throws. They tried to go for the home run a, a few too many times to really bury Lafayette. And there was and, and going you back twenty three points. They're buried. Well, 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 they weren't obviously. Well, that's but, true, true. 
but but I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I agree. Chew up some clock and work on just some of the basic offense, and that's what leads me to believe I don't think they were. I think they were trying to hide some stuff from South Carolina, and it came to bit the, to bite them in their butts because Lafayette was able to come back and the offense stalled. I, I think they wanted to just show, hey, we've got the deep ball, we've got the deep ball, we can beat you deep this year, something we haven't done in years past, and they kind of refused to play it play it safe in the passing game, and and then they played it pretty safe in the running game too. One, like you mentioned, they didn't run it all that much, and two, they didn't burn the edges as much as I would have imagined they did when you've got an athlete like Stanley Boone Williams back there. Uh, but I mean, that guy, he, he needs no getting no less than 15 carries a game. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care if you're losing and getting blown out of the game. That guy should have 15 carries a game every game. There's no excuse otherwise. Well, I, I think in bigger games you're going to see that. Like I said, I think they didn't want to show South Carolina too much. They thought to themselves, hey, we're going to get out of here with a big win. We're, the fourth quarter is going to be a breeze, nothing to worry about. And then – Obviously, UK's defense started to fold, and the offense couldn't pick it back up. It's kind of like you know, if you are, what, what what would be what would be the analogy that I'm going for here? Um, you know, if you are exercising, Trevor. Yeah, well, I don't understand <laughs> this one already. <laughs> and you're 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 you start out really fast. You feel like you're getting a good workout, and then all right, you did a really good workout. You went hard for a shorter amount of time. You're feeling great. Well, then somebody asks you to, to go again, you're out of gas. They didn't have it left in them. They were running a race, not a marathon there. And and when Louisiana Lafayette came back, they couldn't bury them again. They were able to get a win. And like I said, there's some things you can take away from that last drive that were impressive and, and, and some learning points and experiences here and there. But they, they, they should have buried this team like they did in the first half like they had a chance to in the third quarter or like they did in the third quarter and then even had a chance to in the third quarter and they, and they didn't. And that was uh, disappointing to see. To me, it, just take- feel, it feels like the offensive, the offensive play calling just forgets the running games there. I mean, you look at the Lobo game and I know we'll talk Again, about I, it, but you look at the Lobo game, Radcliffe had negative two yards at halftime and he still got fed the ball 12 times in the second half and finished with 76 yards as a result of it. Yeah. And again, I don't, I just, I really think they weren't trying to show a lot for South Carolina. Okay. And I think that's why they didn't run uh, boom as much as you would have liked or as anybody would have liked. And, and I, again, I think they got caught with their hand in their pants and, and didn't want to, to have to show a lot to beat Louisiana Lafayette. And then again, like I said, they did. They ended up having to do that late in the fourth yeah, quarter. I guess in the end, a win's a win, though. So that's uh, it's, it's all, it's all that really matters. A win is a win. We've got some tweets and texts to come back to after the break. Uh, talking about Kentucky's win over Louisiana Lafayette. We're also going to talk big picture. What does this mean? If you're a Kentucky fan, should you temper expectations? Is that a realistic thing to do? So stick around here on 1450 of Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. No shirt, 
No shoes. No, no die show. <laughs> Presented by Allen Electric. <laughs> We're back here on 1450, the sports buzz on a nice Tuesday afternoon. Trevor, we're going to start getting some some fall weather here pretty soon. Uh, high of 70 on Saturday for, for kickoff here in Louisville for their home opener. I'm sure it'll be a little warmer in Columbia down in South Carolina. Uh, but it's uh, it, the, the weather is not going to be as bad or as hot as it was on Saturday, and pretty excited about that. I won't know. I'll be in the uh, deserts of Vegas. You're right. This is my last day with you this week. Are you, are you okay? I, I I had to give you one day at least. I figured, you know, TJ, I can't go. I can't give TJ a whole week without me. He's like withdrawal. He'll be like Pookie over there sweating in the corner in the fetal position looking for a next hit. I need, now, I, you needed me at least one day this week, and, and then you well, got it. What, what's stopping you from coming on the air Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? Would you like me to call in? Yeah. Well, you, I, I do from Skype. They don't have Skype out there in Las Vegas. <laughs> Not video Skype. But I don't think that's allowed. Uh, that's, that's what they. That's what they call it. That's what they call in the Nevada, the state of Nevada, evidence. Um, I can call in if you like. We can't both Skype in because I don't think you can do. Can you do two Skypes at one time? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, other. I mean, if you paid a million dollars, I'm sure you could. But I mean, that's, yeah. Well, I, you know. I, but I'll, I'll tell you. I'll call in if you like. If you really want me to. If you feel so inclined, feel free to call in for for a segment uh, while you're gone. Okay. If I if I if I find myself sober enough, I will. Uh, you know what the hell the hell with that? I'll just call in anyway, sober yeah, or not. E- either or. <laughs> Douglas will have the dump button ready if, just in case. Either or. <laughs> uh, so we're we're talking Kentucky's win over Louisiana Lafayette. It it wasn't it wasn't uh, a pretty win, and and we're gonna talk about expectations here. In a moment, Clay B116 texts in the show and says, Patrick Tolls looked comfortable throwing deep, uh, but he missed so many throws. He continues to underthrow his receivers like he has done his entire career at Kentucky. There's no improvement from last year uh, to this year. And we constantly hear about how good his arm is, but he underthrows receivers. I thought more he was overthrowing receivers, at least on some of the 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 five to twenty yard routes. And then there was a, a touchdown pass he threw to, ooh, who was it? Was it Bedette that the announcer even said, well, Patrick Tolls overthrew him again. Uh, but in actuality, probably should have been caught. It was right there, and I, I'm not sure how it wasn't caught. It would have been a nice catch, but it's probably one that should have been caught. But even on some of the his completions, Patrick Tolls overthrew some of the passes, even on, again, on some of the ones that were caught. His touchdown pass to Blake Bone who's a 6'6 wide receiver, that was a little high. Uh, and he had a few more where the receivers really had a stretch to get them. Now, there were some that were underthrown. I think when the score was maybe 31 to to what to 7 or, or whatever it was, it might have been 24. I want to say it was in the fourth quarter, so it probably would have been 31, or maybe it was when it was 33. Maybe it was when it was 33-17. And this, they were on their Kentucky was on the twenty yard line, their own twenty yard line, and Patrick Tolls threw a, uh, and I and I forget who the receiver was on this one as well. Um, it might have been, it might have been Garrett Johnson, but he ran a great route and had beaten Louisiana Lafayette's defense like the receivers did so many times on Saturday, and 
Patrick Tolles did overthrow or did underthrow uh, that one. So there was. He was all over the place. He underthrew some. He overthrew some. He wasn't nearly as accurate as you need your quarterback to be when you're going to pass the ball 34 times. You know, if you have a a 47% completion percentage against Louisiana Lafayette, that's not promising heading in to some of these SEC games that Kentucky, it's kind of over. If there ever was a honeymoon, Trevor, it's over. You're going down to Columbia and South Carolina, a South Carolina team that looked less than impressive in, in week one against likely a much better opponent. But you've got South Carolina, Florida, Missouri coming. So if Kentucky is going to do something this season, they've got to do it quick. They can't look like they did against Louisiana Lafayette in those games. And so so here's here's a few reasons to think, okay, maybe Kentucky is better than what they what we saw. Like I said, they took their foot off the gas. That could be one. Two, and I hate this one and I don't believe it, but it's at least out there. Maybe Louisiana Lafayette, Trevor, is good, like you had mentioned. Maybe they are a talented team. I think it's about both of those halfway combined, but go on. Uh, I, I saw one expert predict that Louisiana Lafayette could potentially win out, uh, which that you, you know if they ended up finishing 11-1 and one on the year, Trevor, I think Kentucky fans would be saying, oh, okay, well, maybe that game wasn't as bad as wasn't as bad as we thought. I, I don't I don't like that one because I don't think Louisiana Lafayette was all that great. Kentucky had a big lead on them. You have to be able to put them away in that in, in any circumstance. Uh, but neither here nor there. Well, Another reason, they play the rest of the schedule either. And uh, it's nobody good. It's it's a lot of no, no other Power 5 school. Okay. But another reason is you have to look at this as a virtual preseason game for Kentucky. You don't have preseason in college football. I'm glad they don't, but you only get you don't get any chance to warm up against somebody besides yourself. So you were thrown into the fire from day one. It looked good for Kentucky. It looked early. They executed what they wanted to execute on, but then they just couldn't really handle a big lead. And Louisiana Lafayette found ways to come back, and Kentucky couldn't couldn't stop them. So those are some reasons to be optimistic. But Trevor, the big question is: If you're a Kentucky fan, how do you feel heading into the South Carolina game? What is your? How do you react to this Louisiana Lafayette game? Are you thinking, okay, this is going to be another disappointing UK football season? We might be in some games, but ultimately, we're we're not going to go to a bowl. I want to, and and I, I've talked to some Kentucky. I've, unfortunately, I don't know why, but I, most of my best friends are Kentucky fans, including two of my best friends are Kentucky fans. And, and I've talked to them, and they, they kind of have the same, and I understand where they're coming from. I mean, you want to be optimistic going in. I mean, you obviously, clearly, both of, they, both of them were optimistic coming into the season, and, and rightfully so. I mean, even from someone who's not even a Kentucky fan, I would under, if I was a U.K. fan, one, I would jump off a cliff, and two, I would, I would have been optimistic going into the season as well. But then, I, as I mentioned, is the worst-case scenario kind of for Kentucky, even in a win, and, and that kind of came to fruition with the, with the close win against Louisiana Lafayette. You almost got to think, okay, here we go again. I mean, you want to be optimistic because you got to win. You looked good at least for 
75% of the game, dominant almost, I would say, for 75% of the game. But you you still kind of snuck by with the, the skin of your teeth, and now you're going into, I know you have Charlotte still, and I'm sure there's someone else, you know, small, a, a, a pathetic school. Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky, thank you. I knew I was drawing a blank on it. Lafayette is twice the team both those teams are, maybe even maybe even quadruple the both is the town of both those teams, especially Charlotte is in their first year of Division One. So, I mean, you got to be thinking going into this. I mean, is, here we go again. We've seen this movie. This is like going to see Hangover Four. I've already seen Hangover, the first one, so I know what's going to happen in two, three, and four. I know, and, and what's going to happen is we're going to look solid in some cases. We're going to show potential, but in the long run, we're going to be five wins. We're going to be maybe maybe four wins. We're not going to be able to, to beat the teams that are t- more talented than us. Because we just maybe don't know how to win yet. And that's what kind of came off to me in that game was, you know, that's why this game was so important to me. I, I know I talked to Greg Brom about this on the TV show just two or three weeks ago. And he kind of gave me that look, you know, the look that I get from him uh, many a times when I say something stupid. But, you know, when he asked me what was Kentucky's most important game of the year, I said it was the first one. And he said, they've got Florida, they got Auburn. And I said, I know, but to me it's the first one because that's going to set the tone for the season to me. Now, it not didn't necessarily set in stone that the, the tone has been set. But to me, it kind of set the, the tone for the season, knowing that if they can come in and UL Lafayette, who's a decent, good mid-major team, and just completely curb stomp them, then you're, I know that Kentucky is ready to make that turn. Maybe not be you know 500 above 500 in the SEC necessarily, but more competitive, closer or at 500 in the SEC, and obviously making a bowl that in this season. And that will tell me that they're ready to make that turn. They're, they believe they are. They are the troops for Stoops. They are. They have taken that turn. And for the first three and a half quarters, I believed it. I was sitting there going, okay, they've done it. Good for them. You know, I hope Louisville still beats them at the end of the year, but good for Kentucky. And then the, then the fourth quarter happens, and Kentucky looks like the Kentucky of the last three decades and for yeah. the most part. And then and you get you get by by the skin of your teeth, and the fans, my friends that are fans, just after the game's the same thing. It's just Kentucky football. That's how it is. We'll probably, yeah, we might lose next week. And that's I felt bad for them a little bit. Not completely, but a little bit. Well, it's that's what if you're a Kentucky fan, that's how that's how you had to be thinking. Is here we go again. Yeah. This is I, I know this movie. We we know how this ends. We don't have to keep going to. The, this is why I say the sellout thing is going to be an issue because if Kentucky gets, but now if Kentucky gets beat in South Carolina and they and they lose and maybe and not necessarily bad, but by even ten maybe fourteen points, which doesn't have to be a bad loss depending on how the game goes. You don't are they going to show up for Florida? Are they? show, they're going to show up in for terms Florida. of the sellout, at least they're, they're going to sell. They're going to show up for Florida. Now, Missouri after that, um, who knows again, Auburn, I think they're going to show up for because it's a Thursday night yeah, game. I agree with Auburn though. That, yeah. that doesn't happen. And Louisville, obviously they're show up. So Florida, they're, they're going to, I think, I think regardless of what happens to South Carolina, but here's would be my advice to Kentucky fans wondering what this means. We don't really know what it means. It is just one game of the year and it's a game uh, it, it was the, the the tale of two halves. You had Kentucky look great. It looked like a team that could compete with a lot of really good teams, the way they were able to move the ball, throw the ball, and then the offensive line was creating holes. And then it looked like a disinterested team that allowed a, a team from the Sun Belt to do what they wanted on them. And then also, you know, Kentucky found a way to win even after all that had happened. Again, that, that shouldn't be your biggest positive takeaway from that but it, it did happen that, and that is, is a, a positive thing. though they were able to bounce back from a getting getting a game they got tied and make that game winning drive that is and, that is know, a positive people, and people forget this that so louisiana lafayette ties it up kentucky gets the ball back and they're not able to do a thing 
and they have to give the ball back to Louisiana Lafayette with about five, six minutes left. And Louisiana Lafayette can, at that point, needs a field goal or a touchdown, Trevor, to take the lead. So this is UK's defense got in survival mode at that point, yep. and it didn't take long for them to get the ball back to UK's offense. At that point, there was you know four or five minutes left for UK's offense. They got in survival mode and were able to march down the field and, and score a touchdown. So when push came to shove, it, it, the Kentucky maybe got p- pushed a few times, but right when they got on that ledge, they finally pushed back, and they pushed back in a big way. So heading into the South Carolina game, I think it's too early to – to really say one way or the other, be excited about this football season, the writing's on a wall for another disappointing UK year. It, it, I think it's too early. And how they look against South Carolina is going to be big for me, Trevor. Yeah. If they go in there and get blown out, then I don't think this team's going to be the team. As you say it, Trevor, I don't think these are the troops for Stoops. <laughs> because you're going to be going in that Florida game, and I still think it would be a sellout regardless but you wouldn't be going to that Florida game feeling good. If, I, I disagree with the sellout thing, but we'll have to wait and see, obviously. I, I think it's going to be a sellout regardless. It's a night game. I'm sure, you know, we don't know how the weather is, is going to be, but it's still a new stadium, a new Commonwealth stadium. Second game of the year, I, I think it'd be a sellout regardless, even if they go into South Carolina and lay an egg. But that's going to be the game to see if this team has fight and also how, ta- how talented it is, especially on the defensive end. And can Patrick Tolls lead this offense when things aren't always going to be easy for him? And they won't always be easy for him down in Columbia. The best-case so, scenario for South Carolina to me is Kentucky realizes they almost let something slip between their fingers that they should never let even get to that slippery mode. And they come out and they play like they played in the first half against Louisiana Lafayette. And they beat South Carolina, which is not out of the realm of possibility for me. And, of course, the worst-case scenario, they don't bounce back. They, even though they've won this game against Lafayette, they, they have taken a hit to their mental psyche. They go in, and who, 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 and who pimps Kentucky on the mental side better than, than the old ball coach? And he goes in, and they lose that game. They lose that game by more than 14 points, and the season just looks completely glim, at, blim after that. Uh, I... Here's the thing. South Carolina didn't look great against oh, North Carolina. They didn't. Uh, obviously, Kentucky didn't look good, good. Look great against Louisiana Lafayette. I'm still giving UK a fighting chance, and I'll give my final prediction, obviously, on Friday. I'm still giving them a fighting chance against South Carolina, but most important is make that game competitive. And if they were to lose a heartbreaker, then you know, ne- you know, we'll be talking about next week, Trevor, we'll be talking about how mentally they'll be ready to bounce back against yeah. Florida. So a... Uh, 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 Best case scenario, obviously, is go down there and win. You complete you completely forget about Louisiana Lafayette. You store that away and never look back at it again because you're able to win in Columbia for the first time since 1991. But most importantly, for the long season outlook, stay competitive in this game. Keep your head high and go down there and and make it a game that goes well into the fourth quarter. We'll we'll talk later in the week if they're able to do that. We Here, need to here's head- the thing, though. We've talked about this game, TJ, and we have not mentioned the most important thing I need to ask you about this game. How much of the stadium was complete? Well, it, from from people I've spoken with, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the stadium, the atmosphere, all that stuff. Get you radio teasing. Also, also, there's a there there is something else about UK's defense that I thought was interesting and concerning. And then it'll also be a segue into the Louisville Auburn game. So we have lots to talk about. We still have until uh, 5:30 today. 
Sometimes the show just flies by. So stick around here on 1450 Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. state that makes no sense hey don't look at me kyle okay i didn't make up the rules no no he, this is legit I, i've actually read an article about this there's a whole bunch of them it's like they're like loopholes right for argument's sake let's say that you were sleeping with two girls at the same time it, it wouldn't be cheating because they would cancel each other out ah exactly or if uh, you're too wasted to remember it is not cheating <laughs> because if you can't really remember it it never really took place. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. But she got me on the counter. It wasn't me. Saw me banging on the sofa. It wasn't me. I even had her in the shower. It wasn't me. She even got me on camera. We're back here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Trevor, when you do, when you play those clips and then that song, you're just going to get Hannah mad at me. I'm not <laughs> I thought of that because that's the second time I've played that clip. And the first time she got a why would she get mad at you though? It's not like it, it, you're not you're not following those rules. I mean, you it, it's the sports talker with TJ Walker, and then you just have a segment or you have a you have audio about uh different area codes and then <laughs> you have Shaggy playing. And it doesn't count if you're too wasted if if you don't remember, then it didn't happen. Yeah, you're just gonna get you're getting me in trouble, man. Well, as long as you're not following those rules, you're okay. You're not Sean William Scott. You're you're not you're not the guy the guy from the movie. You're you're you're, you're T.J. Walker. Oh, good. Then I'm I'm in the clear. Yeah, you're, good. Good to know. Um, why is I as a tiger trending on uh, on Twitter? By the way, right now I got to click on this one. Let me know why. I'm just curious. Is there like a Rocky don't, Marathon don't, going on that I'm unaware I, of? Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's apparently a, a people talking about a Survivor tribute band going on. I don't, huh. I don't Interesting. know. I don't, it just, it's coming up. I don't know. Something happened today that people are, uh, but for some reason I have the Tigers trending now. That's so weird. Okay. I just had to get that out of the way. Okay. <laughs> well, this is going to be a, a short segment anyway, so maybe we shouldn't get into to the to the talk that I, I'd wanted to, to get into, um, Interesting fact heading into this game that we'll talk more about later this week is Kentucky has won 17 consecutive second week of the season games. Say that number again. Say that number one more time. They have won 17 consecutive games their second game of the season. Okay. Now, how how many of those games were against non-mid-major schools? They were all... At home versus non-conference opponents. Well, okay, so non-mid, so so mid-major or less than, yeah. This is a, I mean, well, Kentucky. Well, this is a new thing no, for Kentucky. Kentucky's not used to having to playing SEC games right away. Obviously, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean mid-majors. I mean, there could have been they, they Indiana maybe could be in that category way back when. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, there there could be some Power Five schools in there, 
I don't think the Louisville game has ever been second of the year. If it's, it's either first Louisville. or third. Yeah, it's always, it seems like it's been first or third. I don't think Louisville, so I don't think Louisville would be in there. Indiana possibly could be. Um, and then I would say the majority of those have been mid-majors or maybe FC, FCS teams. But uh, interesting fact nonetheless. So 17, 17 so that's years. back to 1998, by the way. So roughly is what you're saying. Yeah. Back when the the little sports talker is just a seven year old living life. I'm I'm looking at I'm I'm just looking at this now. Ninety eight was Eastern Kentucky, ninety nine was Connecticut, who was a uh, a Division two team at the time. Uh, they had yet to move up to Division one. Uh, South Florida, who was an independent at the time. Uh, so a couple of team ball states. So it looks like mid made not all Division two opponents, but. Uh, UTEP. I'm just looking through the list. You can stop me anytime. You're more than welcome to Murray State. Uh, <laughs> so, 2004. Well, if you, if you see, uh, Indiana, if you see, 2004. Yeah, there you go. If you, if you see, okay, so Indiana's one Power Five team. If there's another one that slips in there, uh, let me know. I, I I don't think that there is. Even though but, technically South Florida and UConn are now Power Five, te- or at least South Florida is. Not, oh, they're not because they. Yeah, you're right. They moved out of. You're right. They're you're not right. Power Five teams. You're right. You're correct well, on that. Trevor, have we ever talked to Game of Thrones on this show? I mean, we've you've tried. I'm yeah, just, I mean, you've attempted. Oh, oh, 2009, Louisville was was the second game. Interesting. Uh, they beat Miami of Ohio in Week One, 42 nothing. Beat Louisville 31 27 in 2009. Huh. Interesting. I wouldn't have guessed. Uh, Western. Hey, there you go. It's a Western win. You don't hear that too often anymore. But um, <laughs> so uh, Trevor. Again, I, I don't. We've got to take a commercial right here in a second. So okay, let's take Game of Thrones. You were going to tell me. So, um, I, I keep seeing all this awesome Game of Thrones merchandise coming out. This and that. Uh, I I bought a Game of Thrones Monopoly game, and <laughs> they just came geek. out with a Game of Thrones Risk game. Do you ever play Risk as a kid? I have Risk on my iPad and still play it currently. Okay, I so love playing a, Risk. I, I I we we loved playing Risk back in in high school promise we we weren't nerds but we did play Chris from time to time um and then they just came out with a game of thrones pinball machine too i'm i'm gonna be broke here pretty soon how much how much <laughs> would you expect a game of thrones pinball machine to be oh wow um do you you have the number the right the number in front of you so if i guess correctly you'll you can tell me yes or no Is that, yes okay um I did. But, yeah. <laughs> well, you can go back to it on your mini it, dozen it, tabs. It, it's uh, close enough. I'll say eight hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Oh man, I wish. No, it's still pennies. If it was eight hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> I would. I would buy it. Is it I more would. than a thousand? Oh yeah, man. I mean, this is a pinball machine. Well, this is a nineteen seventy nine. We're not. We're not at the hub with Kelso. I mean, that's kind of, it's pinball. <laughs> this, this is uh but you got to think about how many parts are in a pinball machine. I don't know. And Some springs and a ball. Takes, how much <laughs> yeah, because that's all that's in a pinball machine. How much it how much time it takes to put together a pinball machine. No. If you could get one for under $1000, Trevor, those things would be going like hotcakes. Really? So okay, let me take a second guess in uh 1400. You're way off. All right, I'll tell you. Wow, okay. So if you want the limited edition <laughs> the limited there's three different ones. Limited edition Goes for just under eighty eight hundred dollars. Okay, that's for the guys who still live in mom's basement. <laughs> don't you still live in mom's basement? I don't have a basement to so bite me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the premium games. Again, I don't know the exact difference between these. 
The premium games go for just under seventy six hundred. What, what's and, what's the premium? What what's the what's the the the, the difference between premium and limited edition? Again, just the fool that's willing well, to pay. Well, limited edition <laughs> is it's it's limited edition. Okay. You know, it's it's numbered. I don't, I don't know what the difference is. Um, both the premium limited edition models also have uh, a castle upper playfield with second set of flipper shots and animated Ooh. dragon. Ooh, animated dragon. So, at that price, a little guy that plays in the, the character in that show should show up and deliver it for me. But okay, it's 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 got <laughs> it's got a little more to it. Uh, but if you just want the the regular standard one, it's called the Pro Edition. That is just under six thousand dollars. Oh wow, yeah, it's only twice so, as much as my car. But okay. So for that price, are you going to buy me a Game of Thrones pinball machine? For that price, the girl that plays the blonde chick needs to sit on top of it, butt naked, the entire time I'm using it. Okay, if I'm paying more than five grand, I want her sitting there with me, using playing with my flipper. But I, I do think pinball machines are more expensive than you think they are. You're right. I, mean, I, I, I did underestimate the price of a pinball machine. I did. I, I, I think I was, I was pricing. You're, you're giving me things that are probably being brand new, newly built. I was, and I think in my mind was pricing something you're buying used from an arcade. And obviously, yeah. if you're buying something that's that's affiliated with. Um, Game of Thrones, it's probably not news. Here's an example. I was at the boat last night. I went to the boat for a little bit, and I was cashing in my cash voucher. Go to the boat on a random Monday night? Eh, nothing better to do. Raw was boring. And uh, so I was, I was sitting there, and I was with a buddy of mine. We were, we were cashing, doing, I was doing a cash voucher. I happened to look over, and it kind of blew my mind. It's in the, kind of hidden in the corner was a slot machine dedicated to Titanic. It's got like you know, and it caught my ear because I hear this. I'm the king of the world, and I look. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I, it's a, like a you know Leonardo DiCaprio on the front thing. I'm thinking, okay, is that still relevant? I love how it's hidden in the back corner. That was the kind of I was think I was pricing the pinball machine to, for my point of my story is I was pr- giving the price of a pinball machine on what I thought you would probably pay for something like that, probably used. Obviously, it's not used, which is probably why I was completely way off. I bet that Titanic one cost a lot too. Not but- now. It was right next to a Michael Jackson one, by the way. (laughs) I bet that one would be worth a lot of money, too, right now. But growing up, one of my friends in in their parents' basement had a ping-pong table, which I'm I'm an awesome ping-pong player, by the way. They had a pool table, not not nearly as good at pool. They had a pinball machine, and they had shuffleboard. It was an awesome little gamer, man. They had darts. But the one that we played easily the most was pinball, and it was a Monopoly pinball machine, and it was a blast. So... I, I would like to get a pinball machine someday, but it's not going to be a Game of Thrones one. We need to head to a commercial break. We're going to come back. Uh, there was something that Kentucky's defense struggled with that should concern all UK football fans, especially ones from 10 years ago, because this was a huge bugaboo for Kentucky. And that will be our segue into the Louisville-Auburn game. So stick around here on 1450 Sports Buzz. We'll get back to the sports talk in, in no time. I want rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, 
Bounty hunters, desperados, mugs, pugs, thugs, nitwits, halfwits, dimwits, vipers, snipers, con men, Indian ages, Mexican bandits, muggers, buggerers, bushwhackers, horn swagglers, horse thieves, train robbers, bank robbers, guns, and Methodists! <laughs> Could you repeat that, sir? Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Presented by Allen Electric. Sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison and time keeps dragging on. We're back here, 1450 Sports Buzz. One final segment on this Tuesday afternoon. That's the good thing about the holiday. You get a longer weekend, you get a shorter work week. All we got to do, Trevor, is get through tomorrow and the workday on Thursday, and then we'll have college football back, but also NFL, uh, which I am very, very pumped about. You're pumped. This will be the I'll be spending the opening weekend in the NFL sitting in a casino, which is awesome because this is my fourth trip to Vegas and the first time I've gone during at least football season. All my other three trips landed during baseball or NBA only, which I don't mind. I've never been able to experience Vegas during actual football game going on, and I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah. Even though the Eagles play on Monday night, so hopefully I'll get back in town. Just in, I, My flight's supposed to land around 6, I think, so I'm going to be cutting it damn. There better not be no delay because I don't want to be getting home late for my night football, Eagles and Falcons. I, I, I hear you. I'm ready for NFL to start, ready for – I mean, it's just – this is the time. Fall is, uh, I'm not going to rank it above March Madness, but it's not too far behind. Plus, I got even better news for you. You ready for this? What's that? Are you are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Okay, you can, okay. Uh, unfortunately, I know some people have been tuning in this week and maybe last week have noticed they haven't heard Doster's voice. He will return next week on Tuesday along with me for my Vegas trip. So you won't be here on Monday next week either. No, I'll be out Monday, but I return on Tuesday along with Doster, who is the uh, proud father. He had his uh, baby boy, Chase, uh, last week. He said he uh, asked, I told him, he said, do you want to take today off again as well like last week? He said, please. The wife has us taking the baby out for pictures for a calendar today. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I'm glad uh, the baby's healthy and all that's doing well. It's I'm on the flip side. I love Doster, but I didn't really want to talk any college basketball today, so uh, with, with football, that's that's fine with me. And Trevor, you had mentioned how's the stadium look? Was it yes. was it completed? Was it finished? Uh, everything I saw, everything I've heard, it was, and it looked great. Uh, the atmosphere was great at kickoff. Somebody told me uh, the thing that they liked about it most is it it looks like a, a real college football stadium. But part of the reason it looked like a real college football stadium is because it was a sellout and full and packed and, and packed at kickoff. Clayby116 texted in the show and says he went to the game and thought everything looked fantastic. He didn't notice anything missing. Uh, he was amazed. That was his experience just as an average fan with average seats in Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, some people told me, and, and you can read about the experiences at House of Blue and CatsIllustrated.com, that there were some hiccups with the concessions. You had new people working, and they were offering more food items, so those took longer. Uh, but I was told the concourses look great. It wasn't your typical it, cheerleader parents working the concession stands like the old days? It probably was, but okay. they probably just, you know, it, there was a transition when you got new menus. Um, good, good but they point. said that the, the concourses were bigger, looked fantastic. The bathrooms were, were nice and updated. So it, it, was flush. Bunch, uh, it was a toilet flush. Uh, they got rid of the, the troughs, you know, the, the, the 
the eating the what we're what pigs eat out of. Uh, thank goodness for I'm not a tri- listen. I, I I'm prefer I'm a stall guy. Yeah, you can judge me if you want, but I, I hate the trough. I hate I, I just I see no nothing good about having to pee in front of nine men next to each other with no barrier in a trough. I, I just I think that's just I I, I just shake my head at that. I, I'll hold I just, it. I didn't really care about going <laughs> to the bathroom in a trough. You you do your own business. There's not too much of a difference. Than that in a, a urinal when you've got somebody right next to you, but but at least the uh, urinals have barriers now. They put like little, little well, barriers all, between not, them. Not all of them do, but I, I I I'm told that the ones at Commonwealth Stadium did. Good for them. So, um, it's uh, every everybody that went was impressed. I was told the landscaping on the outside looked good. I thought that was one thing maybe they wouldn't get finished. So, uh, it was a success with with the newly renovated Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, this is something I meant to talk about earlier, but. When Kentucky really started to struggle, and this is something going to be something to, to look out for, and I'll talk about this later in the week as Kentucky prepares for South Carolina, who Connor Mitch, by all accounts, looks like he's going to be healthy. He's not really a running quarterback. But when they put in Jalen Nix, Louisiana Lafayette put in Jalen Nix, UK's offense really started to struggle, or defense rather, excuse me, really started to struggle defending the run because they used more of a option type of deal stretch the corners uh and, and that's when things open up for elijah mcguire and tory pierce as he ripped off that that big run late in the game uh jalen nicks also had a pretty good day on the ground when he came in so when they had was kentucky was defending an athletic quarterback it really opened up the entire defense not a good sign that's something they're gonna have to figure out because they're gonna play some athletic running quarterbacks this season and that's the segue, Trevor. One of those will be Louisville with Lamar Jackson. So although I was wrong about Kentucky and Louisiana Lafayette, I was almost right. And then the second half happened. Really, then the fourth quarter happened. But I was almost right. But I was right. And our boy Yates texted me on Saturday to tell me I was right. Not uh, uh, Yates the only one that texted you on Saturday admitting it? I believe that you were, you were way ahead of the curve on that. Uh, come on, you, come on. Uh, the, did you text me? I know you don't ever reply to my texts, but it's okay. You're, you're big-timing I, I, me, but I did text you on Saturday midway through the game and said, hat oh, tip to did. you. You did. Okay, well, to my credit, my phone did die, but I, I did see that eventually. I, I guess I'd forgotten about it. Sure you did. Um, I, I apologize. <laughs> so you texted me, so the, the fine people 1450 gave me credit because Lamar Jackson is the future of quarterback yeah. uh, for, for Louisville football and looked fantastic against Auburn. Um, now we still need to see if he can throw the football. Obviously, defenses are going to start preparing for a rushing quarterback. But not only did he play well and run well, but he opened up Louisville's rushing game um, a lot like how I had mentioned Jalen Nixon did. He made he started making Radcliffe better. He yeah. almost turned into a point guard out there, uh, dishing assists because Auburn's defense couldn't defend at that point, especially on the corners. So a uh, hell of a game for Jackson. And then that's when Radcliffe started playing well, Trevor. And you were, you know, I'm admit you were. I mean, I'm sure there were other people saying they wanted to see Lamar Jackson. And I was with Nick Show on more occasions than with you. I had said, you know, and I think I mentioned this even on Friday that if you don't intend on using him, then you you'd be redshirting him. So clearly, I had I didn't know they would use him as much as they did. You were ahead of the curve on that one. You were obviously on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon before anybody. Maybe it was just you and the coaching staff that were sitting there hanging out, having high tea, but I, I, I knew that him not him not being redshirted told me that they had plans to use him. Now, I didn't know how much a quarterback that'd be, if they were going to transfer him over to 
as, as there was a rumor of punt returning as, or even maybe moving to another skill position. But, I mean, at, I know his numbers weren't spectacular, 9 of 20. They weren't, they weren't the mind-blowing numbers. And, of course, the one interception came in the first game. But I left that game. And it's funny because uh, one of our low listeners, Captain Arctic, texted me later on that day and asked me my thoughts on the game. And I told him, I was like, I can't wait for next Saturday against Houston just to see Lamar Jackson get back out to under center. That's how excited I am now for Lamar Jackson. I, I, I was – I left with a sports chubby, and that's how pumped I was after watching that. Even in a loss, and in a loss that wasn't the most explosive. Again, nine for twenty is not the greatest game. I mean, hell, be honest with you, Reggie Bonifon probably statistically played better, but you know, Lamar Jackson showed me that the future can be that bright, and I just cannot wait for. I'm willing to get up at nine a.m. in Vegas to watch them play Houston because I I cannot wait to see Lamar Jackson in his second full game. Well, I'm. This is a different story, and I'll talk about this later in the week. I wouldn't want to be playing Houston if I was Louisville on a, <laughs> on a noon game because Houston just put up 52 points, and like I'd mentioned, they're they're going to have a pretty decent year. But that's what they we're talking about. Team. You're right. We're, we're going to talk about that later in the week, and we'll talk about this later in the week, I'm sure, too. But I uh, you, you, you gave a little TMI about your love for Lamar Jackson. You're not alone, though. Some Louisville fans I know are acting like Lamar – Literally is the second coming of uh, of Jesus uh, to Louisville's football program. I which, think I saw him walk on water one time during the third quarter. Pump the brakes a little bit. Now, he's really, really fun to watch, and he's really, really good. But I do want to see him when defenses start preparing for him and also and dare him to throw. Will he be able to make those throws? What I saw is, is you know, most of his throws, despite not having the most accurate game, it looked like he can throw the ball. Just yeah. you know, some misses here and there, and uh, you know, maybe even maybe even a drop. But um, pump the brakes a bit. But it certainly did change things for Louisville. And this is another thing I'm going to say. And, and this isn't being a hater because I'm going to say some good things about Louisville as well. But the Louisville fans acting like they had a chance to win that game that that wasn't the case, Trevor Auburn. Now, I will give all the credit in the world for to Louisville for not folding. Uh, it would have been very, very easy, even when you're down 17 nothing. but especially when Auburn came out and scored that touchdown to open the half with relative ease, it would have been very easy to fold. And to come back and be able to make that a game, that was very impressive. But I heard a lot of Louisville fans say they should have beat Auburn and they had they had plenty of chances to. I disagree with that. Auburn was the better football team. Oh, I'm not. But, I'm not arguing that. But Louisville did but, shoot themselves in the foot to let Auburn take the lead. They did a little bit. They well, no, they did. You, you know, you you basically kick off twice to start each half for Louisville when you throw an interception on your first play, yeah. which was kind of funny, Trevor. I know at the time you couldn't find the comedy in that, but there's been so much of a quarterback debate. Uh, there's been so much hype about this game. Petrino in the pregame not giving it away to the reporter, the cute yeah. little blonde girl, and then, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. People had been <laughs> talking about it for months, and then they start off with an interception, a near pick six. Uh, there was some comedy in that, and, and but but in all seriousness, that really hurt Louisville. And then the fumble hurt Louisville. Uh, the the scoop and score for a touchdown hurt. And and I heard a lot of people on Twitter and um, talking about how that was why Reggie part of the reason why Reggie got benched was because he didn't go. He didn't run after him. He just he kind of stood there. Him. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, I'm not reading. I, I went and watched that game again today too. I'm not going to read too much into that because he, uh, 
one, I think he thought the, the runner was down or whoever recovered the fumble. In his was defense, down. so did I until I watched the replay. I thought he was down too. And then and then also I think once he realized he was up, he was kind of shocked about what to do and then didn't know if the play was actually going to stand or not. I'm not going to read too much into that. Yeah. I know some Louisville fans are. Um, I, you well, know, Petrino's halftime comment fueled that the, the, the Louisville fans saying that when he said he looked tired, I think he was clearly referring to Bonifon not running running down the, the ball carrier. But I agree with you. When I first saw it, I was like, the guy's down. Why Why even – I wouldn't have chased after him probably either because I didn't know – from the angle I saw it originally, it looked like the guy who was on the ground just stood up and ran with it. I didn't notice that he had pushed it out of the huddle, out of the little you know squirm, and another guy grabbed it. I didn't notice that either. Yeah, I, I'm not going to read too much into that. Um, but unless Reggie Bonavon has a Braxton Miller like switch to wide receiver, <laughs> I think his days at Louisville may also be – uh, numbered. I, I'm not expecting him to transfer tomorrow, but as long as uh, Lamar Jackson stays healthy, he's obviously going to be the guy. And and Bonifon and Gardner and Bolin and uh, you know, hell, Bolin's a, a career backup anyway. Unless he wants to go to a, a, a smaller mid-major school, he he knows that he, he's at the, his position in life is basically to at best be what he did last year, stepping in in a Kentucky game situation. Otherwise, he's a second or third string clipboard holder. Hey, your your boy Maxwell Smith started for San Diego State in a win this past weekend. Maxwell Smith still has eligibility. Oh yeah, I, I got a more important question. Maxwell Smith stayed healthy for one game. Well, he didn't have the best game either, but they did have a blowout win. San Diego State beating San Diego. Wait a minute, he's, um, is he in San Diego or San Diego State? He's on San Diego State. They played Aztecs. San Diego. All right, they were the cool one of the cooler helmets in the nation. I'll give them that. Lafayette had cool helmets too. Yeah, I like how San Diego State's got that. They fade that red into the black midway through the helmet. Hey, home of Marshall Falk and Darnay Scott. So good for him. So he he started uh, his career as an Aztec with a win. So that's good for him. Uh, Neil Brown down in Troy did not start his head coaching career with a win as they got beat uh, by NC State in a game that was. Uh, it was closer than the score indicated as I was kind of following <laughs> along, but um, it always wish, is. <laughs> wish Neil Brown had um, a better first game, but wish him the best. Well, let me ask you this: This is something I want. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I want to get your opinion on something SEC related. All all off season, I kept I kept putting out the question mark. I think I did it to you on Friday too. Was I was tired of hearing about how good Jeremy Johnson is without the only with only one half of a game video to show anything and. Is it me, or did he not look anywhere near as impressive as everyone was blowing smoke up my rear end all offseason? Or how well, Auburn – I mean, he Bonifon had looked better than he did, I thought, and he only played half the game. Well, I was one of those butt smokers, Trevor, because right. I, I thought Jeremy Johnson would be a lot better than that, and I thought he would play better, and I think he is better. You just called yourself I, a butt smoker, by the way. <laughs> he said people were blowing smoke up your rear. I so, know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, – out of context, that's going to be a great drop when I get back. But um, I I thought he'd play better. I think he is better than what he showed. Yeah, but you're right. He was not very good. He And for the stupid mistakes that Louisville made, or that, that Louisville made to make things easier for Auburn, uh, Jeremy Johnson made some bonehead yeah, mistakes right. that made things easier for Louisville, too. Kind I mean, how many down. times do you have to learn to throw that it's not a good idea to throw into triple coverage? And Louisville didn't take advantage of all those times, either. They had two of um, them. They could have had five. They dropped two of them that were right in their chest. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, one of them wasn't a triple coverage throw. It was just a throw right to Louisville's <laughs> yeah. defender. 
Um, there was some man. There were some bad passes. I will say this: so that throw, the third one he threw right to Louisville's defender, might have been a better, a more accurate, and better throw than he, than either Jackson or Bonifant threw to our own wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and that's not a bad thing. It was just how accurate that throw was. The receiving core is going to be a problem too. Quick obviously went out. I don't. I haven't actually seen how long he's going to be. I did not look good when I saw him go down. And of course, uh, the transfer from UAB. I'm drawing a complete blank on his name. Uh, Staples. Staples. He's now going to be out for a few weeks. Louisville's off. You got a true freshman quarterback, and you're going to be pumped about it, and I am too. And I think you need to calm down a little bit. And I agree, some little fans of rather fanatics instead of fans. But the receiving core is going to be interesting to see how that. I mean, Devontae Pete, the big kid, looked decent. Uh, Jalen Smith played okay. Pete, Pete but, looked promising, and especially with how big he is. But they're all still true freshmen, and that's just, that's scary to just think about. And, and that's going to be your game against Houston in a game that will be a shootout, yeah. uh, which, which could be concerning. Now, I'll say this, though. Uh, with all those freshmen, you, you, you watch that Louisville game, at least from an offensive side of the ball. Anybody who's making a play was a young guy. And that's promising. Yeah. And even for Kentucky, too. I mean, there were so many young guys, maybe not as many freshmen as Louisville had that were doing big things, but still some sophomores. And you, the future is bright for both programs. Now, nobody really cares to hear that right now because we're in week one of this season and everybody wants to know how this season is going to go. But the future is bright for both programs from the offensive, from an offensive perspective. Um, Louisville, obviously, very good defensively right now. Kentucky, young defensively as well. Not as much as experience as Louisville. So, as a Louisville fan, I'm never happy with a loss, but I, I th- that's about as happy as I could be in a loss after that game. I mean, I, and that's that's not. I don't want to. And happy maybe is not the right word to use, but I just I wasn't as upset and I po'd as normally I am after a loss because I one I didn't. I honestly, I, I know it just sounds bad to say as a fan, but and I went into the Florida Bowl game kind of with the same perspective, but I, I almost didn't expect to win. I mean, I wanted to win. I, I knew that. I, I had belief and hope that they could win, but I didn't expect to win. I mean, I don't know if that makes me a bad fan, and, and so be it. But I, I wasn't, despite the, the, the shoots in the, the shooting of the foot in the first half, and the defense kind of wearing down a little earlier than I expected, giving letting Auburn kind of run the ball four or five yards a carry on average, which is very frustrating when you're trying to come back in a game and they're just running the ball five times every every carry for first down every three plays. Uh, I was. I still left the game in a loss, as content and happy as I'm ever going to be in a loss. Well, and that's that's the vibe I got from a lot of Louisville fans, is that it was, and and Kentucky fans hate this. I hate this just in all sports, but a, a semi moral victory. Nah, I don't want to use the word moral. I hate that. Yeah, but um, I can understand it. But just from the perspective that you had a chance to get blown out, yeah. it could have been an embarrassing loss. Yep. You would have hurt a lot of crap whether right or wrong for Kentucky fans, and you were able to to stay competitive, fight in that game, and I'm not, I don't, I don't think you all are going to play a team as good as Auburn the remainder of the season. But you will have Florida State, you will have Clemson, both very talented teams, and this should give Louisville enough confidence that hey, you can at least play with those teams, be competitive with those teams, and. We'll see how the season shakes out. When you've got so when you've got so many young guys playing on offense, Trevor, uh, you can be competitive with really good teams, but you can also play poorly against bad teams. Amen. So I mean, it's going to be a year where Louisville's got to take every game seriously, and you can't. I don't know if you can chalk up. I don't know how many wins you can chalk up, but 
you do have a lot of exciting pieces, and you were be able to be competitive in one of the biggest games of the weekend. Well, you got to look at it in the grand scheme. This is, I mean, even in a full season, even the whole season's not exactly the end of the race. It's just still a marathon, not a sprint. And when you have a team that's young, you just want you're almost. I don't want to say you're looking forward to next season, but you, in the back of your mind, you th- you want to see the improvements that are going to lead to the closer to the end of the season and into next year when you have a team that has so many underclassmen playing. But I want to say this to the Twitter universe who just went off, and I understand the, the reasoning of, of being so mad at the whole timeout situation in the game, but let's keep in perspective. Even if they don't use that timeout, you get the ball back, maybe you have to go 80 yards in, what, 25 seconds? I mean, let's – I mean. Yeah. As, and, and anything happens. Listen, I, I know it does. Look, you go look at the BYU Nebraska game. Anything can happen. But apparently, since BYU won that hell, got that hell Mary, the, the right answer for for heaven is Mormon. Apparently, which I guessed wrong on that one. But so I mean, at least I know they want to get mad at Petrino for that, and it was a blunder of a move. I mean, me, I was three sheets baked to the wind, and I knew that, that we didn't need to call time out there. I even realized that. But nonetheless, it just still it would have been twenty five seconds, and then you, while there would have been a shot. I mean, it would have been Lloyd Christmas, one in a million. It was pretty unlikely. No, yeah, well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't going to happen. But you're right; it was a mistake by. It'd been nice to have a shot, though. Even if it's 25 seconds, I would have loved to at least seen the chance. But we've got all week. Not with you, Trevor. Yeah, not call, me. Which you're, which you're more than welcome to. You call in for a whole show, buddy. Um, I if might. You get bored out there in Vegas. One, I'll make fun of you for getting bored out there in <laughs> Vegas. Two. Um, if you do, then come on the show. We'll be able to talk. But we, we, I've got all week to talk college football, preview South Carolina, preview Houston, Kentucky, Louisville, men's soccer at U of L tonight. Trevor, who you got? Ooh, um, I believe in Kentucky. I know Louisville obviously has a good uh, soccer program. I believe Kentucky's not bad either, but I'm going to have to go cards, obviously. That will be Does Kentucky's exciting. soccer program pretty decent? I know Louisville's obviously is. UK women's soccer is is really, really good. Men's good. soccer is they were ranked to start the season. Um I, I'm actually seeing somewhere here they're number fifteen. So they're they're having a pretty good year okay. as well. So it, it should be a good game down there at, at Lynn Stadium. I'm gonna try to get down there if if possible. Indiana still always has a good soccer program too, don't they? Don't they traditionally yeah. have a pretty good soccer team? All right, you, you'll take Louisville. I'll take I'll take Kentucky. All if right. you're looking for Nick Coffey's inside the press box, no show today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but there's more programming on the station later tonight, Trevor. Yeah, eight o'clock, uh, Western Kentucky. By the way, Western Kentucky now uh, has uh, because of this weekend has more road wins than UK does in the last three years in the SEC. So uh, there's a little shot for you for the week. So since I won't be here to give them to you all week, uh, right. Hot Toppers is a big win. You'll hear Jeff Brom, uh, the coach Jeff Brom show, will be on eight o'clock on these airwaves. They get ready to take on uh, Thursday night against, I believe, Florida International or Florida Atlantic. They play on Thursday night again this week. Oh, who who do they play, Trevor? I think it's Florida Atlantic. I'm, I'm, I feel like an, 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 an A bleep for not realizing this, but I know they play Thursday at 8. They, uh, they're, going back, they're going back-to-back Thursday games, uh, which, you know, I, I don't know if that's ideal, but you do get your program on, on television, so... Uh, that's that's the good news. Okay, and then, then the week in the third game, the uh, the season they play uh, Indiana. <clears throat> that's in uh, a couple weeks. And it, oh no, I take that back. I stand corrected. I, I'm a, I'm a moron. Uh, can, Indiana you plays are, Florida. You are, you are a moron. Indiana <laughs> plays FIU this weekend. Can and Western plays Louisiana Tech this Thursday? That'll be a good game, actually. Louisiana Tech's got a decent program. All righty, there you have it. So we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. Trevor will be out in Vegas, probably having no fun. So we'll see you then, 1450 The Sports Bus.